The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodman. I'm so excited to share my conversation with Rachel B. Simon, author of Relationships at Work, How to Authentically Network Within Your Company, because there isn't as much advice on networking from this angle. Whether you're an introvert, entry-level employee, or even work at a small company, Rachel shares tangible tips for how to network within your organization, including examples of what to say in your emails. By the end of this episode, you will completely reframe the way you think about networking and be excited to grab a copy of Rachel's book, which comes out today, because all the proceeds also go to benefit United Way, so it's a huge win-win. Okay, and now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. And thanks for having me. So tell us about yourself and your career story up to now. I have been at AT AT&T for my whole career. I've been here for 29 years, which is sometimes unthinkable for some people. But when you find a company that you love and admire and respect your colleagues, it's somewhere that you want to make your whole career. So I've been fortunate that it's worked out that way. So I was a college hire. I went to University of Texas, go Longhorns, and I was recruited to join a leadership development program. And I did a couple of rotations during my early years and really found a niche in customer care and then in finance. And so I like to joke that if I knew I was going to be a vice president in finance one day, I would have paid more attention to my finance classes. But (laughs) But I really grew into it and really grew to love it. My career took a little bit of a different detour about three years ago when I was asked to get involved in a project on privacy. And I turned. it turned out that I loved the privacy area. It's such an emerging space. You don't have to look far to see privacy in the news these days. And so it's a place where I'm just so happy to be a vice president right now and really get to protect our customers and um, enable the business. So tell people what your job title is now, just so they can like put the whole picture together. Yeah, I'm a vice president in privacy. Amazing. And you're right. It is kind of unheard of to hear someone stay at a company for 29 years. Like that is incredible. And also I do think, you know, we've talked a lot about on the show, like the good enough job and job hopping. And, you know, there's all these new terms to describe stuff. And so it's interesting to just hear someone who's stayed at the same company where maybe you've had all of that, like you've job hopped because clearly you haven't been in this role your whole career, but it's nice. You're obviously in a big enough company where you can do that, but it is, it's just like fascinating to me because it's 
like we're applying all these other terms that we hear of today within one company, which is something I think people forget about. If you're in a really large company, you can kind of do all those things too, right? Well, that's exactly right. And when people ask me how that happened, how I moved from customer care to finance to privacy, the secret of my career has been that I have surrounded myself with people that have more confidence in me than I have in myself. And how did that happen? Through networking, which of course is what we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about that today, but it's all about relationships. So when you have relationships with people that know you and know your capabilities, I've been tapped on the shoulder every single time I've been asked to take a new position. These are things that I've never necessarily looked at and said, oh, I'd love to be in that area. Someone's tapped me on the shoulder and said, we think you'd be good over here. And it turns out I have. So yeah, but that only happens with relationships. Well, okay. So we're going to get into all of that. But first, what made you want to write a book about networking and specifically networking within your own company, which I love the specific focus of it. One thing I love is mentoring. And at AT AT&T, we have these amazing mentoring circles. If you're not familiar with the mentoring circle, it's where about 10, 12, 15 people come together once a month, talk about different topics. And I've built a really good curriculum of things I'm very comfortable with, interviewing skills, resumes, public speaking, et cetera. Nine years ago, one of my mentoring circles asked me, will you put together something on how to network? And I immediately said, no, because I didn't know what I didn't know what I would say. And now mind you, this came 20 years into my 29 year career where I knew I had relationships. I knew I was good at networking, but I didn't know how to describe it. And so I said, no, they were very, very persistent. They kept needling me and saying, this would be the best circle we ever had. If only you would teach us how to network. Like, ah, okay. So I took the bait and I sat down in a quiet place and I made a list of tips And I made all of my tips come to life with real emails that I've sent people or that they've sent me. And it completely demystified networking. And so I was nervous to give this speech because it was very personal. These were all my emails. I should also add that I got everyone's permission to share their email. I don't want anyone to think if they ever send me an email, it's going to wind up in a book somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) And um, the, the presentation was really popular. And so I've been giving this presentation over and over again. And every time I would do it, someone said, you should write a book. And so I did. And I'm so proud of how this book turned out. And the big obstacle that I had was I didn't know how to promote the book. Because I don't want to, you know, I'm just not into promoting myself. That's just not who I am. And then I got very involved in United Way and it just all came together. It's like, I can give all the profits of the book to United Way. And so the book just all came together the way it was written, the way it's being published and where the proceeds are going. Yeah. And just so everyone listening, you've probably already heard it, but the book is called Relationships at Work, How to Authentically Network Within Your Own Company. Like Rachel said, all the proceeds go to United Way. We're going to put a link in the show notes as well. But today we are going to pick your brain on similar to your mentor group, because we want to know how can we do this? So why do you think networking is hard for some people while others really thrive with the activity? Did you see that firsthand too? Like some people are just really good at this. Like they don't need a book. They don't need a mentorship circle. They're just, they just naturally get it. Yes. And to be clear, that is not me. And so if I were to say networking, Lauren, are you the kind of person that you get excited when you think about going into a big ballroom of people and and meeting people, having a happy hour? Does that kind of thing excite you? No, not at all. <laughs> okay. Same, same. So if you were to go into one of those sessions, you would see me literally hugging the back wall that I'm just hoping somebody, anybody will come talk to me. But what I've discovered I'm really good at is one-on-one. 
I'm really good at coffee. I'm really good at lunch. I'm really good at a hallway conversation. But the big kind of environments um, are very intimidating and very unsuccessful. I would go to big networking sessions and leave with nothing to show for it. And then once I realized that networking is about relationships, I completely reframed it. And then once I reframed it even more, that when it's really about making people feel good. It's when you follow up on a conversation to show you were paying attention, that's networking. So the reason why some people struggle is because they just haven't framed it the right way. They feel like networking is promoting themselves. Networking is about getting a promotion, a new job. No, 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 no. That's not networking at all. It's about building relationships. Yeah. I heard a, a quote the other day and I reshared it on threads. So everyone keeping track, that's Instagram's new version of Twitter, obviously. Um, And it was about basically the goal is not to be the smartest person in the room. The goal is to be the most helpful person in the room. Because to your point, I really think that when people think of networking, it's like, I'm intimidated because I'm not as smart as these people, or I'm not as accomplished as them, or what could I offer these people? But if you go in there thinking instead, like, how can I be the most helpful person? Or even like, how can I go in there and just be the best listener to someone's story? To your point, that is networking and probably much more successful networking than the person who goes in being like, I'm as smart as all these people. Let me show them as quickly as possible how how smart I am, right? That's exactly right. And you you have it figured out. And so what I want everybody to take away from this is it's about being an attentive listener and it's following up. So when I get a note from someone later in the day, the next day to say, hey, remember the thing we talked about? Remember you said that you were um, stuck on this one project? I have something that can help you. Remember you said you're going to Portugal. Oh, I remember the restaurant that we were talking about. Here's the name of it. It could be personal. It could be professional, but it's about paying attention, being attentive, following up. Yeah. Following up. So before we get into your focus of networking is how to network within your company. Why is it important to network within your company? Well. I have a lot of reasons why I think networking is important, but the number one is because when done right, networking helps you get your job done better, faster, easier. There are so many times that I just get stuck. You know, AT&T is a big company, but whether you work at a small company, medium, big size, you need people that can help you. No job can be done in a silo, in a vacuum. And there are so many times where I get to be the hero. I put that in quotations where we get stuck on something and it's like, ah, I know who to call. I know somebody who's encountered this before. I know someone in that department. And so when you have the right network, it helps you to break through all that. You know, that game that you can play with Kevin Bacon with six degrees of separation where you can associate him with any actor or actress in Hollywood with six degrees of separation. Same thing with most companies that you may not know who to call, but you know someone who knows someone. And so the broader that your network is, you have someone that you can stop you know, whether, whether you're working virtually and sending a Teams, a Slack, a, a text, or just stopping somebody down the hall and say, hey, I'm really stuck on this. Do you, want anybody, do you know anybody working on it? And it helps to clear through all that clutter. Yeah, I love this too, because I actually think some of the the best networking is done within your company because you can network without feeling the pressure of quote unquote networking, right? It doesn't have to feel like this big assignment that you've put on yourself. So networking within your own company, and then those people move to other companies and they move around the company and your network naturally grows and you haven't had to send a cold email to anybody to ask for anything. And so I, I, also love this angle because I feel like it really takes some of the pressure off of all the ickiness that comes with networking. Well, that, that's that's exactly right. And I know I mentioned this before, and I'll probably harp on it at least 10 more times, but when done properly, networking makes people feel good. Networking yeah. is when someone remembered something you said, something that you said resonated with them and they want to follow up. 
who wouldn't want to feel that way? And at a time where people are struggling to make connections, COVID kind of put us all in a funk. And for those of us that did used to go to the office every day, and then we went home and some people are returning hybrid, we struggle to make those relationships. And once you realize that it's just so easy, these connections are all around you. It's just about following up. And once you realize that people feel good who wouldn't want to get an email saying something you said resonated with me? It makes people feel really good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Okay. So in your book, you share 20 simple yet often overlooked tips for networking. So we, I know we don't have time for you to share all 20. Plus we want everyone to buy the book, but pick your top five from that list. And let's start with the first tip that you would share. Happy to. Number one tip is to introduce yourself when you're new in a job. So every time I take a job, whether it's a lateral, whether it's a promotion, and this of course applies to if you're starting a new company as well, is I ask people around me, who do I need to have a relationship with to be successful? And then I'll send a note and I'll title it introduction, Rachel Simon. And I'll say, hi, I'm, I'm new to my role. Here are my responsibilities. I've heard our teams work closely together. I heard that I'll interact with you on XYZ. Do you mind if I schedule 20 or 30 minutes for us to connect? And usually my experience, I should say, is within five minutes, I get a response back saying, welcome. Yes, I would love to. And so when I do this, then I immediately have those relationships in place before a crisis happens. It's almost like a rainy yeah. day then, because the <laughs> yes. thing that we know for certain is it's going to rain. And so yes. when you have these relationships before you need them, it's so much easier. Now, some people are listening and they're saying, Rachel, that is a great tip, but I am not new in my job. You can easily adapt this one and you can send a note like this. You can say, it's hard to believe I've been in my job for as long as I have, a year, three years, whatever it is, without formally reaching out to get to know you. We're on a call every Monday at 10 o'clock and I don't know anything about you. Can we get a virtual coffee? Can we get a real coffee? So let me validate what everyone is thinking right now. That's scary. I can't send that kind of note, but think how you would feel getting that kind of note. If you got an email saying, I don't know anything about you. We're on a call every week. Can we get to know each other better? Well, yes, of course. So when you yeah, think about how you would I'd feel. I totally love it. Yes. Absolutely. And it's so it's, you know, what's interesting too is getting to know someone in that way versus getting to know each other on your team meeting while you're slacking with each other. You would probably recommend that they do this either in person or at least virtually so they're able to see each other's faces. Yes, absolutely. And the magic of technology, of course, turn on your camera. So if you are working virtually, if you're in a hybrid environment, if you can't get with somebody in person, turn on your camera. If you're struggling with a relationship that's kind of had a failure to launch, ask yourself if you're using the right medium. If you're just doing audio, would it benefit if you turn on your camera and had a call like that? Many of you know that I'm a working mom of two under two. So that means anytime I can travel, it's a really big deal. And when I travel, it's important for me to stick to my routines of moving, eating, and sleeping well for me and my family. Our sponsor, Weston, makes it easy to stay well while traveling. With over 200 destinations around the world, Weston Hotels makes it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. At Weston, you can work out how you want with a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine on track while you're away. You can maintain your focus in Weston's workout fitness studios. They're equipped with state-of-the-art equipment, or you can get moving on a group run led by Weston's Run Concierge, a running guide and buddy who makes it easy for you to explore the local areas. Weston has three and five mile scenic running maps that make it easy for you to find the best route to explore on foot. 
And if you prefer to do your own thing, feel free to use workout and recovery gear available on demand through Weston's gear lending program. I actually did this because I went to Seattle once and I totally forgot all my exercise stuff. And I was really lucky. I was staying at a Weston because they just literally dropped off the gear at my door. It was amazing. And at Weston, you can eat well too with the Weston eat well menu. It's designed with foods that make sure you meet your nutritional needs. So you can choose what's right for you based on your desired portion size and nutritional balance. Weston makes it easier for you to continue nourishing your health, no matter the destination. I always find this really important because I feel like when I travel, I get so far off my routine and I kind of feel really blah. And sometimes it's the drinks and the food and all that adding up. And I love that at Weston, you don't have to worry about that because it's basically taking your routine with you. And at the end of the day, you can sleep well at Weston as well. You can recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed, which just so you guys know, as a parent of two under two, the idea of being able to sleep in and sleep in an amazing bed is like probably the best thing ever right now. They even include a sleep well lavender balm, which eases tension and helps you drift to sleep. This is something that I know sounds really small, but it really does help you disconnect from your day and be able to sleep. And again, for anyone with little kids, you understand why this is maybe the best part of any vacation if you can sleep well, and then hopefully they'll also let you sleep in. Weston Hotels and Resorts is part of Marriott Bonvoy, an extraordinary portfolio of hotel brands and an award-winning travel program. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Weston. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hi. I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am Divorced Not Dead. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves for the happily ever after? Does our love story really have to be one great lengthy novel, or can we be happy with a book of short but exciting love stories? I guess we'll find out on Divorced Not Dead. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey, so buckle up. Okay. What is your second networking tip? Let's see. I wish I had a wheel that I could spin of, of my 20. I know. But, me too. <laughs> but let's go with send thank you notes. Who doesn't love to get a thank you note? So a, a thank you note never goes wrong. You know, at, at worst it's neutral, but nobody ever says, oh, I can't believe that person took time to thank me. That would never be perceived negatively. But a thank you note, it could be for anything. Of course, it could be for help in an assignment. It could be for for help connecting you. But it could also be for anything of, hey, thanks for that advice. 
It could be for thank you for um, your sunny disposition and for making my day. And so it's such a great way to connect because if I asked everyone listening right now to make a list of five people that they could send a thank you note to, it would be easy. It's the person that reports to the same boss that that is helping you with things. It could be your boss. Hey, I want to thank you so much for the appraisal rating that you gave me. I want to thank you for that raise, the merit raise. So there are so many things that you could set a thank you note on. And remember, when you reframe it as you're building a relationship, it takes away all the scariness of networking. You're building relationships that will help you for the future. Yeah. Someone I know she uses the term upward empathy, actually Liz Weissman. She's an author who we had on the show. And I love this upward empathy. Yeah, exactly. And multipliers. Exactly. Um, it's one of the tips she has in her book impact players is upward empathy, which is sort of basically saying like, I'm going to have empathy for the person who's above me, not just the people who are at the same level and below me, which often happens where we don't seem to understand what our boss is going through or all the things they're juggling. And so like, I'm thinking about like sending the thank you note to your boss, of course, when they maybe give you the assignment or the raise, but also maybe just like thanking them for taking time out of their busy day to chit chat with you on that project or help, you know, be um, a partner in the critical thinking process. So that's another just like tip I would have for people is it doesn't always have to feel like, oh, I must have this very specific concrete thing to thank them for. You can think with empathy and probably find something to thank people for too. I love that. And remember when done properly, networking makes people feel good. And so the Mm -hmm. higher you go up the chain at a lot of companies, sometimes the less thanks that you get. So it really stands out. If you were to say, Hey, thank you for hosting that town hall. I know that there were some tough questions. Thank you for your candor. It really goes a long way in making that person feel good. And then of course, repeating that behavior in the future. Yeah. Every middle manager listening to this is like, yes, yes, yes. We are not thanked enough. No. Okay. Okay. So networking tip number three is follow up with contacts you make. So talk about that. And maybe even like, I know you have emails in the book, but like some examples of how people are wording it. I think that's super helpful. So these people are everywhere. Sometimes people say, oh, I wish I had an opportunity to meet people. Well, they're everywhere and everybody works in a different location. Of course, some people are virtual, but on my floor, there's probably 200 people that sit on this floor. I don't know everybody on my floor. They are everywhere. So their opportunity when I'm by the coffee machine, when I'm by the water cooler, when I'm by the elevator to reach out and just say, hey, I see you all the time. I don't even know your name. Introduce yourself. Of course, it's even easier when somebody else is doing the introduction, that there are so many examples I gave in the book. Did I mention that the book's coming out and all the profits are going to United Way? Did I mention that? Yes. um, But we should keep mentioning that. (laughs) So I give a lot of examples in the book of relationships that I have formed by people introducing me at lunchtime, in the elevator, in the lobby. And remember... When done properly, networking makes people feel really good. So how amazing is it that someone introduces me at line and Jason's Deli, and then I get back to my desk and say, it was so nice to meet you. Can we get a cup of coffee one day? Oh, wow. Really? I made an impression. It makes you feel good. So these people are everywhere. Every now and then you'll reach out to someone and you won't get a a response. That's okay. Don't let it discourage you. Keep trying. And But these contacts are everywhere. So take advantage of the contacts that you make and follow up. Yeah. I love that. And it's again, an easy thing to do after you meet someone, write it down in your phone or email yourself their name and then look up their email afterwards. Very, very tangible advice. Okay. Networking tip number four is welcome newcomers. I love that this is one of your tips because as someone who's been new to a company, it is so scary to be the new kid at school when everybody feels like they are like, you know, 
like they've known each other forever and they're not letting anybody into the, into the group. Right. (laughs) Yes. And here is a confession. I wonder if any of your listeners will resonate with this. Whenever I get a new job within the company and an announcement goes out on me, I always hold my breath. And I always think, oh, what will everybody say? You know, how did she get this position? Who's Rachel Simon? What, what will they say? And so then when I get notes back of congratulations, oh, it just helps me to breathe so much easier. So even better than a note of congratulations is a note of here's what I do. You're coming into this new role and here's how we'll interact. I would love to sit down with you and explain how our teams interact, how we might see each other every Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Such a great way to welcome newcomers. Now, there's also somebody that is listening that is thinking, well, I joined the company and no one welcomed me, but don't you wish they had? (laughs) Don't you wish that they had that somebody said, let me take you around and introduce you. Let me host a lunch. Let me host a potluck. Wouldn't it be great if we welcomed our newcomers because it helps you again, get your job done easier, faster, better when you know people. So to help facilitate that. Yeah, that's a good tip. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, so fifth tip is invest in relationships when work is tough. (laughs) This sounds like kind of a no-brainer, but also maybe people are like, oh, work is tough. I I don't have time to do this, right? Yes, and actually this one is not a no-brainer at all because here is what I've learned about human nature that when things are not going well, that's when we pull back. That's when we're working on a tough project and we say, well, if he's going to hoard information, I'm going to hoard information. If she's going to throw me under the bus, I'm going to throw her under the bus. We've all been there. I've been there. I've done it. And I'm not happy about that behavior. What I've learned is that when things are tough, that's especially when you need allies. That's especially when you need someone who's going to say on a conference call, you know what, this is really, really a tough time, but Rachel's team is, you know, is really knocking out of the park. That's really when you need allies to do that. So what I have learned is that when things are tough, that's the time to reach out to someone and say, hey, can we get a cup of coffee? Can we get a cup of virtual coffee? Can I learn a little bit more about you, what your challenges are, how we can help each other? And I've never, ever regretted that because it really helps things to move so much more easily when you have those relationships rather than just getting on a cold conference call and people are throwing little 
know, little barbs at each other. So much better when you have those allies. So yes, we get busy, things get tough, but this is something to especially prioritize when you're in the trenches, when things are going poorly. Yeah, that's a good point. I am curious with all your tips or any of these women specific, like I was thinking about the sending the thank you note, like how, you know, women, we get dinged for, you know, saying, you know, too many explanation points or, you know, we have weak language and then we're not supposed, you know, we're supposed to be assertive, but if we're too assertive, then we're called the B word. Like are any of these things women specific or anything where you're, you were thinking about the lens of like, it's different for women to network within a company than it is for men. Yes, I think so. Don't, don't you? Because I do. Yeah. (laughs) But well, first of all, I will say that women are tragic overthinkers. So these emails that I'm encouraging you all to send, you will write it and rewrite it and rewrite it again before you hit send. And just to make sure it's perfect. And we overthink things. We get scared. I'm speaking, of course, generally, but I'm also speaking about my own experience. Uh, What will they think? Will they think that I'm self-promoting myself? But then once you reframe it, when done properly, networking makes people feel good. It helps us to really focus on the relationship angle. And that's where women are stereotypically better. We are more empathetic. We are better listeners. We do have the ability to follow up because we pay attention to those details. So yes, I think that there's differences between men and women, but in a way that can make women even better networkers because of our focus on relationship. I was also going to say that when you do send these notes and when you do have coffees and lunches and conversations, be authentic, just be yourself. That if you write with exclamation marks and smiley face emojis, like I do, do that because otherwise it's confusing. Like, well, which Rachel am I getting today? Just be yourself. Well, and I also was thinking about, you mentioned how like, because you've built really great relationships, most of the career opportunities that have come your way at AT&T, people have tapped you on the shoulder to do. And, you know, for women, I think there's a lot of pressure on people for us to not just keep our heads down and work hard and hope that someone sees it. And I think that what, if anybody's having trouble with the distinction here is that you weren't just working hard with your head down, you were networking, you were building relationships, you were creating impact and value for people, which is why they tapped you on the shoulder to take on these bigger projects. I I think that's really an important distinction is like, you were still getting credit for all the work you were doing. It wasn't like, Oh, who, who can be doing this? Oh, the person who's been sitting with their head down and hasn't said anything. You, you were saying stuff, you were speaking up. That's exactly right. And people ask me all the time, Rachel, I desperately want a mentor. How do I get a mentor? Well, it all has to start with a networking relationship. It all has to start with reaching out to someone and say, gosh, I, 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 what you said on that panel really resonated with me. Can we get a cup of coffee? And then you have that coffee and you say, this was amazing. We talked the whole time. Can we do this again next quarter? And then it grows into a mentoring relationship, but it all has to start with that relationship. And so those are the mentoring relationships. Those are the sponsors that can help propel your career. But the common thread there is relationships. Yeah. I I love that you, you brought that up. So what about somebody who works at a small company? Who do they network with? I'm thinking, you know, they've got less than 50 people, or maybe some companies like, I mean, even at career contessa, there's only three of us now that's not probably a great example, but like the smaller company, what do you do for networking within your company? Well, everything is hundred percent applicable regardless of the size, because remember, networking is not about getting a promotion. Networking is about relationships. And so once you take away that distinction, it's it's people of all levels. It's people of all departments. It's people everywhere that you can reach out to. One bucket of relationships that I think people overlook is what I call champions. 
So who will sprinkle your name in conversation? Who will say, oh gosh, you know, what a ray of sunshine Susie is. You should get to know her. And so you need champions of every level. Some of my biggest champions of AT&T are several levels below me. And so when you think about not having levels of who you network with, about having those relationships, who you can help, who can help you, et cetera, it takes away all those barriers. So every single tip that I talk about in the book, and the profits go to United Way. Every <laughs> every single tip I talk about, 100% are applicable, whether you work with 10 people, 150,000, anywhere in between. I also like that you mentioned to make sure you're not just networking up. You know, I think a lot of times people think of networking as like, I got to, you know, at a minimum, I should do my level, but I want to really talk to people who are above my level. But networking, especially within your own company, you need people at all levels to help you. And so why not build the allies and your champions at all levels, which I think if someone were nervous, that would be another place I would tell them to start is like, start with networking with people who are levels below you, you know, if that, if that feels more comfortable, maybe. Absolutely. And especially if it's something that you need to ease yourself into people, your same level, people below you build those small talk skills. Some people hate small talk, but remember small talk is necessary to get to deeper talk. (laughs) You just can't go up to somebody and have deeper talk. You have to start with small talk and see what you have in common. So if that helps you to build that muscle, by all means, start at any place that that you're comfortable with. Yeah. So tell us, I mean, we all love a before and after and a success story. So tell us some success stories for of people using networking for career moves that you can share with us. Well, I think the best example I have is a delightful colleague I have, Tiffany. We have many employee groups here at at and I think that many companies have them. And employee groups are think about a club, something that you might have in common. So we have one here at the AT&T Women of Finance. And I got to know Tiffany. She was in a different city as me. She was in Atlanta. I was in Dallas. But I got to know Tiffany just based on what I saw her do in a leadership position with this employee group. And we formed a relationship. Not only did she do well in this volunteer assignment, but then she got on my calendar and we had a virtual coffee and it grew into a mentoring relationship. And then when I had a promotion opportunity, that's who I tapped because I saw her do all these amazing things. But it wasn't just enough to join the club, the employee group. It wasn't just enough to take on a leadership position. Then she had to build a relationship. And when an opportunity came up, she was the first person and only person that I thought of for this role. I think that's also a way that you know that you are you are networking correctly is because people think of your name or your name naturally yes. pops up for them when you're not in the room. You talked about having champions, people talking about you when you're not in the room. And it's, I mean, it would be lovely if we could all be the fly on the wall to hear what people say about us. But like, that's, I think the true test of how well you're doing this activity. Well, that's exactly right. And I, of course, am the perfect example of networking because I'm an introvert. People often mistake being introverts with being quiet. I'm not quiet, but I just draw my energy from other places. But since I connect so well with one-on-one, I have all of these amazing people that are willing to go to bat for me, that are willing to bring up my name in other rooms. And that's how my career has blossomed by people bringing me up in a room that I wasn't in. Well, you have inspired everybody listening to focus on building relationships within work. These are very tangible, practical tips that people can start today. So I'm thankful for you sharing. So in the book, you've got 20 tips, but you have over 200 examples, right? I do. That the, the most important part of my presentation that people enjoy is seeing the emails. And so yeah, I've, I've given I'm over 200 like excited examples. excited about that. <laughs> so you can see how I word things, what I talk about, et cetera. 
Okay. So let's talk, let's plug the book one more time. Cause it's very important. It's called relationships at work, how to authentically network within your company by Rachel Simon. All of the proceeds are going to United way at Rachel. That's fantastic. I also don't know how you found time to mentor work and write a book on the side, but that's another conversation for another day. Where can people follow up with you? If they want to learn more about you, try to network with you, anything like that. Oh, I would love that. RachelBSimon.com is the website. You can email me, Rachel at RachelBSimon.com. Don't forget the B because there's several Rachel Simons out there. And the book is available everywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, et cetera. So hope to make a big impact with the book in the community as well as with the readers. Amazing. And we'll put all of this in the show notes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. You're delightful. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Don't forget to rate and review our show. I've also been sure to include links to Rachel's website as well as her book in the show notes. Lastly, I want to remind you all that we have an incredible course called The Successful Networker. If you are looking for more networking help or just a little more step-by-step advice, go ahead and check that out. I also included a link to that online course in the show notes. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.